buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronding and Gary Calgar here from REMAX Results. Good afternoon, Gary. How are you today? Jim, we're doing real good today. How about you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Lots of changes in the corona world right now, huh? In our little corona world. Both um, yeah, both cities have mask ordinances now in place after Superior passed one. Um, but, you know, it's kind of a no surprise, I guess, right? Because... Uh, all of the major retailers are already doing it as well, aren't they? Well, I'm, I, yes, yes, they are. So I just wanted to talk about what it's going to mean for our offices just for a few minutes, if you don't mind. Um, basically what, you know, somebody comes in to visit our office, they're going to, they're going to be asked to have a mask on. If they don't have one, then, you know, our company is going to provide a mask, um, and then the staff will um, be required to have a mask um, when when we have um, visitors in the office. <clears throat> and uh, um, we've kind of had a lot of this masking already, so we're we're kind of used to it. That's for sure. And um, it's already been a requirement with many closing companies, title companies, that that we sometimes aren't even allowed to go to the closings at all. So do you see any new changes with the local mask ordinances that have kicked into place that are going to affect us significantly? Well, I think I think most people are will, will comply with it. I think there's uh, there are certainly people out there that don't uh, don't like this and don't believe in it and don't want to deal with it and uh, um, so I, I don't I don't know. I think the majority of people are going to comply. I do. And, uh, I do too. I don't think we'll have any significant issues with it, but uh, it's um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that um, you know, as far as you and I go, I mean, uh, and I think most of the most of the realtors out there, we've been having. Uh, I don't know how many masks I have in my car. I've got a couple of different kind that fit differently. <laughs> kind of depends on. Um, um, you know, what you feel like wearing. The more comfortable one takes longer to put on, so I often grab the one that's a little bit less comfortable. Um, oh, and my, my brother-in-law bought me a new Vikings mask, um, which is which is pretty strong when you put it on um, as far as colors and things go. Um, but uh, do you, how about you? Do you have several different kinds of masks, or you just stick with one kind? No, I don't. I... Um... I, the, um, you know, I have what's called a buff and, uh, you know, we've been dealing with some of this since we go back into March, you know, when, when the houses, you know, people were requiring us to go in their house and people were getting spooked about it. So, I mean, I, I, this isn't really something that that's new. The fact that this is mandated now and right. you know, I, I, to me, I'm go- it's going to be interesting to see is who wants to comply with it and who doesn't want to comply with it. Cause I think there are a lot of different opinions on it. And, uh, uh, I think some people are, are, are fine with it and some people aren't. And so I'm not really quite sure, 
Um, I, I mean, I'm certainly, as a real estate agent, I'm not going, if somebody shows up at a house that I've been walked through, I'm certainly not going to like say, hey, you got to have a mask on. I don't feel that's my job. Uh, and I don't, I, I think that if, if, if a seller wants uh, protections with you coming in their house, they post them on our, our showing time. And, and we, we, we certainly all understand, you know, what we, what the requirements are, but uh, I don't think we're in any position to man or, or to go out and say, "Hey, we can't trade this house because you don't have a mask on." I, I think it's it's something like I don't I, I personally don't want any part of that. I I um, think it's uh, it's up up to the individual to decide what what they want to do, and I'm I'm not going to enforce it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I no, I know I agree that. with you there, but I increasingly I see that um, there's some. Some houses that they're saying, you know, you need to wear a mask in this house when you come in. Um, and uh, I've, I've never had anybody kind of not respect that part of it. Um, but anyway, it's, uh, I guess it's it's coming home and it's going to be a thing and, uh, or it is a thing. And, and, you know, we're used to it, I guess. And I don't think there's any big anti-mask around here that I've ever seen so far, so... Knock on wood, everything will be continue to run smooth. So, all right, um, real estate news. How is your market going these days? Well, I think the markets are strong, and I think that the um, I think really the big story, Jim, at this point in time that we're we're dealing with in the real estate market, and I don't think it's local. I think it's national. Are these mortgage interest rates? And I think the mortgage interest rates are unbelievable for these new purchases. I mean, you know, I just checked everything, and the um, as of yesterday, the um, a thirty-year mortgage fixed rate, Jim, two point six two five. I know it's crazy, isn't it? And, and a fifteen-year, you can get for you know two and a quarter. And, and so these these mortgage interest rates are just fueling you know people wanting to buy a house because the cost of borrowing money is is at these like historic lows right now and so if if there ever was a time to consider it i mean it 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 is now you know we are in this like tremendous uh marketplace and tremendous environment for uh you know people's buying power and the affordability for everybody is just so much better and <coughs> so that's that to me is really what, what one of the and this could end up being the story of the year for for housing purchases is the uh, the mortgage interest rates. And so, uh, I think that that continues to be the the big story. And it, it I hope it it lasts. But I know we're not going to predict anymore what's going to happen because we certainly haven't been right. But uh, we're usually polar opposite. <laughs> but the other thing is, if you remember, we did some of the predictions. Uh, at the end of 2019, coming into 2020, and, and they were certainly predicting the interest rates were going to go up. And by the end of this year, 2020, they were predicting that they were going to be offering around four percent. And and so a lot of the predictions that that had come out at the end of the year really got thrown out the window because of the the, the pandemic when that started in March. You know, and so it it. <sighs> It, it's it's going to be funny to see. There were some new predictions that actually came out this week. And then when we get into the next segment, I, I want to talk about a really great story that came out on, on the 23rd uh, by a gentleman. Uh, his name was uh, Mark Santarelli. 
and uh, it's one of the best housing predictions and price forecast and 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 kind of up to date um uh you know what the market has been doing pre-covid and post-covid and then what some of the predictions and some of the markets that are experiencing ups and downs and that type of stuff but very well written and uh just look forward to to, to uh, talking about that in our in our next segment okay the next segment all right well i've got i've got one we can talk about right now which is related to well you were talking about the interest rates and it's a great time to uh you know get a mortgage um there is a bill that's working through the U.S. House of Representatives right now that would allow first-time home buyers to withdraw funds tax-free from their retirement accounts. Um, so it says the First-Time Home Buyer Pandemic Savings Act would allow up to $25,000 of a coronavirus-related retirement distribution to be tax-exempt and penalty-free as long as it is put towards the down payment on a first home. What do you think of that one? I think it's great. That is great. I, I mean, that I think that actually makes sense. Um in they don't they don't go on to say what is a what is considered a quote unquote first home because first time home buyers usually means they haven't owned a home and what do you I mean there's there's different there's different criteria in, in, in different um, I think it's three years. I yeah, think they right. use the three-year gauge as if you haven't owned a home for three years, you can be reconsidered. Yeah. Um, find another home, first-time buyer. There you go. Yeah, so the bill modifies a provision in the CARES Act that provides a penalty-free distribution from an eligible retirement plan or IRA of up to $100,000 without having to pay an early withdrawal penalty. So, anyway. Would you do that? What's that? Would you would you take advantage of that? Um, I think that if I was if if we wanted to you know find the right house and the situation was that we just didn't have enough money to you know maybe hit that twenty percent down, you know what I'm saying? Then I I think that's not a bad idea. My question is is okay if you're a first time home buyer, that would kind of indicate that most of them. I mean, this doesn't say that the three year window is considered a new home buyer, but most of these, most of the people that qualify seem seem to me to be a little bit younger, and I'm wondering how much money they have in an account like that, you know. But I mean, anything to help people raise money to come up with the funds, down payment, closing costs, you know, in order to get a mortgage is is a good thing. And if it's just simply using what is quote unquote their own money, wow, that I'm I'm all in favor of that. Um, you know, rather than than you know, dreaming up more money that that we you know have to redistribute and then eventually pay back. So. Well, I think it's a good thing. I think with the market volatility, yeah. you, you the markets are up and down. It's people lose money today, they lose it tomorrow, it gains it back. But for years, Jim, since you and I've been doing this, they've always maintained that housing is is your smartest, best investment. Yeah. And the likelihood of it going down in value is is small. And if you can buy equity into your home and it doesn't go away and it actually goes up, that's a pretty smart investment as it is. So I yeah. think if they allow people to do that, that's a that's yeah, a, kind of being able, able to take your take your security into your own hand. You know, you because you're yeah. right that that that's probably a better return than many of us have on a on any of our retirement investments. You know, the way they've been going up and down with the market. 
All right, Gary, listen, we've got to take our first break here. Folks, you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we will be right back. I stopped smoking with Mark Patrick's hypnosis when nothing else worked. One year later, my wife Michelle and I attended the Mark Patrick Weight Loss Hypnosis Seminar. In two months, lost 43 pounds, and she lost 18 pounds. And we feel great. Because of overwhelming response, Mark Patrick's seminars for the Twin Ports area are back this Wednesday and Saturday. It is once again your chance to lose weight or stop smoking, guaranteed, for only $49.99. Hypnosis seminars done online in the comfort of your own home. Get registered now at markpatrickseminars.com. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rounding, Gary Callagher here from Remax Results every week on KDAL 610 AM of your dial. And also we are at 103 point, what is it, Gary? 103.9 FM. 103.9 FM. All right. So, Gary, why don't you give out your phone number real quick before we get into the next segment? Folks, you can call or text me at 218-390-0615. Okay. And my phone number is 218 218- Three four eight seven six five three. All right, Gary, you had an interesting article that we want to talk about, and let's just move right into that. Yeah, this is a gentleman named, his name is Marco Santarelli. Uh, this was posted on uh, July 23rd, and I was just going through these articles, and I came across this one, and I, and I started reading it, and I went up, and I thought, well, geez, this is probably an older story, and I looked at the data, and I thought, wow, this is from Thursday of this week. So uh, this is a really up-to-date and a well-written article. And uh, it's it's titled, The Housing Market 2020 Predictions, Home Prices, and Forecast. And he starts and goes into the fact that uh, if we're wondering what the state of the ho- housing market will look like over the next 12 months, especially as a real estate investor, uh, there is some good news for you. And he goes on to to say that the current fundamentals of real estate should remain strong in most U.S. housing markets for the foreseeable future. Uh, And that the housing market for 2020 has begun to show signs of heating up as more buyers and sellers return to the marketplace uh, this past June. Um, And he starts off his second paragraph with the low interest rates and the population growth will further increase demand for available housing. And that some economists predicted that house house prices would fall in 2020, uh, and that those particular forecasts are starting to lose ground, uh, and that the um, the housing market so far remains undaunted by the economic recession, the COVID uh, pandemic, and that housing prices actually rose during the pandemic and could rise even further due to heavy buyer competition and a significant shortage of supply. And that the median price gain in June marked the 100th straight month of year-over-year gains um, that we've had in our housing market going back to the end of the housing recession. So that goes back to 2010. Right. And that, I, I... Really, I thought 2011 to me was the low point of the housing market uh, in, in the housing recession, but but they're saying it, it was 2010, you know, and, and so. Uh, uh, but but interesting that he's coming out with these predictions that this is 
somewhat of an overheated market um, that we're getting into now, and he expects it to uh, to continue. Um, where where is he from? Well, this is this is um, uh, he, he. The company's name is Norada Real Estate Investments. Yep. That's it. Doesn't say where he's from or who he is. Right. But, yeah, I'm looking uh, on that site right now as we speak, and it's uh, a very interesting site. But he, um, um, he goes on to talk about the uh, uh, the, the trends uh, during the COVID nineteen pandemic, and um, from various sources, there, he shows that there was a, a, a home sales decline of by fifteen percent, and that the uh, the home prices obviously flattened out. And that the original housing market forecast for this year was a decline of 1.8% in home sales. And that single-family housing starts were expected to increase by 10%. That's new housing construction. Uh, and so, the um, uh, you know, along, again, with the interest rates and the cost of money being so cheap, that is beginning to fuel uh, this, this market. And like we talked in the first segment, the stability of the marketplace versus the stock market, which one would you rather be in type of a yeah, exactly. question. Um, and so the, um, when, you, when you look at um, uh, the, the housing market report for uh, uh, what, what they call pre-COVID and post-COVID, uh, he's got a couple of, of um, metro areas here with the highest price gains in June, Jim, and they were Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania. That had a 23% increase in price. Los Angeles had a 21% increase in price, and Cincinnati, Ohio had a 16% increase in price. And uh, the uh, steepest price declines were Miami, Fort La- Lauderdale, West Palm Beach, Florida. They had mm-hmm. a, uh, just off 2.3%. Jacksonville, Florida had less than 1% decrease, and then Fort Worth, um, Dallas, and Arlington, Texas had uh, just a, a just over a 0.07% decline. And so uh, those aren't bad, you know, but, um, but then he goes on to talk about the forecasts and trends pre-COVID-19. And we, we talked about this earlier, and he goes on to say with 10 years that had passed since the Great Recession, the U.S. has been on the longest period of continued economic expansion on record. The housing market has been along for much of the ride and continues to benefit greatly from the overall overall health of the economy. However, hot economies eventually cool, and with that, uh, they, they were predicting that the housing markets would move more towards the balance. And we talked about that as well, Jim, as one of the predictions for this right. year that we were going to slow up inventories were going to increase the competition was going to slow down and we were going to have more of a balanced market where we had maybe like a three to five month supply of homes instead of what we're currently experiencing is around a two month supply they also expected that the price was going to flatten the overall price would flatten and that the growth of price would would slow down uh moderately so um, well, and there's there's can I just a couple other things in here that I that thought were very interesting. I'm, I'm just kind of scanning this article as we go, um, and and you might have mentioned this, but the median. Did you talk about the median price gain? No. 
So it says the national median price gain in June marked a hundred straight months of year-over-year gains, which brings you back to the you know to um, the last recession. Um, and then, according to Realtor.com, it's taken four months for the U.S. housing market to get back to the normal pace or the more normal pace of growth before COVID nineteen. So I think you and I can attest that you know when this first all came out, it was there was confusion. Who knew what was going to happen? And um, time is going by, you know, I mean, it's, um, um, it's really had an impact on the market, but uh, you and I both know, especially in the Twin Ports area, um, it didn't seem to slow much down. I mean, there was just kind of a hiccup, and then, you know, buyers were everywhere. It slowed down getting um, houses on the market, um, but yeah, it's just very interesting, um, the information that is all put together. Um, and then they, yeah, you're right. They do break it down by by market, uh, including the the closest one to us is the Twin Cities. So it's a very very interesting website. So that's NoradaRealEstate.com. Um, very interesting to look at some of the numbers and some of the things that he is posting. Well, they went also went on to say that Zillow had uh, predicted earlier for this year, 2020, that there would be a housing recession this year, and they were blaming the monetary policy on that. And that the market had been expanding rapidly, but it was due for a correction, and they felt that that was going to be this year. And they were also citing the housing affordability or lack thereof, meaning that the millennials, which have become a huge oh, I know it. Yes. consumer uh, uh, age group, you know, and they're hitting their ideal age to buy their first home, but they often couldn't afford to buy it. Um, and, and then they also talk, Jim, about land use in any given municipality. And they felt that the the regulation that was going to limit land use would drive up housing costs because of the lack of being able to do what, what, what people want to do. And this could be in any particular uh, housing municipality across the country. And one of the things that we're going to start hearing about, this is going to be a new buzzword that is going to become more common to the real estate community. And it's going to be, uh, it's, they're called accessory dwelling units or ADUs for short. And basically what that is, Jim, is when you construct a new house, you're going to be able to construct a portion of it that is going to be allowed to be rented out within the confines of the dwelling that you live in. So you could make, you could have a bedroom and bath with a little cooking area that you live in, in the, in the whole house, within the whole house. But this area, when you constructed this house, you would be allowed to rent it out. And they're going to, they're calling them ADUs. And we're starting to hear some of that up in, yeah. in our community. And I specifically talked to a builder a couple of months ago that it was he wanted to start building some of these properties up here, and he kind of introduced me to this term, the ADUs, the accessory dwelling units. So to see it in this article and start reading about this, we're going to hear more and more about this. And basically what, it, what it, the concept of it is is that you can build a house, and some of the affordability to build a new house, it's so expensive, you can recoup some of that or they can help you with your payments – and you, you've got this legal rental unit that you built in the house um, that you're going to be allowed to rent out. Now, is this 
this would subject be be subject to the municipalities themselves or because of the way they do it there is no problem with that i mean like you just can't say all right here's a here's a here's a lot i'm gonna put a duplex up i mean you know sometimes you just can't do that according to a code I'm, I'm well, sorry. But, according... but let's if it's a multifamily home, it's a multifamily home. I right. think that's different. But we're talking about single family homes. Right. You're building a single family home and you could build twin home, a town twins, for example. You have two right. uh, uh, twin homes within each one of those. You can build a room or rooms that would qualify for these ADUs or these accessory dwelling units. And, and, and you don't have to rent it out. Right. But you can you can uh, it would be designated as that should you want to rent it out. You could live in it without doing it. But the fact that they would allow that and that the zoning allows for that, it helps with the density issues of of uh, of, of the housing, some of the housing uh, uh, sprawl that some of these communities don't like. They don't like sprawl. They don't want all this massive sprawl. They want. Uh, what we call our high higher density housing, which is vertical yeah. housing, and so uh, you you're, you you um, uh, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out locally here. Right. Uh, yeah. It, it's it's the very fact interesting. That they're, they're talking about this on a national scale now. I think is really uh, uh, really interesting, and the fact that they're also talking about land use in any given community is also interesting because we've certainly heard about that up here. And, um, uh, you know what it, it, know. it sounds like to me is like um, what we used to call the mother-in-law's apartment. <laughs> yeah, but it's legal. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, this is designated for that. I mean, it, and, and so you're building that with that in mind. And so absolutely that's what it could be used for. Right, yeah. I mean, um, so we've all sold houses where, and, and I've had some newer ones too that I've sold where, where there is, um, let's say over the attached garage, there's enough room because of the way the house is built and the height of the roof line that, you know, that's where there is an additional, almost like an apartment up there. Um, and you put a bathroom in there and a small kitchen and boy, you don't, you, you, you got passive income right there, you know, or, you know, like you're saying, um, or, or, or I'm sorry, not like you're saying, but, or you could move into this smaller unit and rent out the bigger unit, you know, like the bigger portion of the house. So it, it can be a unit that's like inside an existing house or, you know, like I said, it can be like over a garage or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I'd like to check and see if there's what kind of requirements there are locally here to build something like that. Well, they, they allow it. I mean, they do. our okay. community allows that. And I think it's going to be something that we're going to hear more and more of. Uh, as people start constructing, you know, building new construction in smaller, yeah. we don't have a lot of room for new new houses here. When you think of Duluth, uh, you think of our small lots, there's not a lot of room. I mean, you look at Hermantown, for example, and what's happened up there over the past few years where they've built these subdivisions up there and, and there's just these massive new houses that have just like exploded up there. We haven't seen that in Duluth on, on that scale. And some of the inf- infill projects that have been talked about here you know you you, you say like chester park uh east hillside uh 
Congdon, Kenwood, Hunters, Woodland, Lakeside. You don't have a massive amount of land available for people to be building big houses. And so as, as we start to infill some of these empty lots around the city, I think you're going to see more and more of these uh, properties that are built, single-family homes, uh, or maybe twins, with these um, ADUs, accessory dwelling units, that are, people are going to be allowed to uh, rent out, have the mother-in-law, whatever. Uh, and it's an interesting concept. I think it's a very interesting concept. And when you think about it, let's say that you, you already own a house and you've got a very large lot. Um, you know, an ADU, that these accessory dwelling units, I mean, what about a tiny house, you know, on the same property? Sure. You know, for sure. example. <clears throat> I mean, it's very interesting. And that's a big trend, too. Small houses, tiny houses. Yes. Uh, that, that's another trend that's going on. Well, you know, you know it's a trend that's taking, that's taking wing when there are, you know, um, companies that build um, modular homes are making tiny houses. Um, so they are, they are selling and they're building what will sell, of course. So, all right, Gary, listen, we're coming up on our second break here. So why don't we do that? Uh, folks, you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show with Jim and Gary. And Gary, before we go, why don't you get us your phone number again one more time? Folks, you can call or text me at 218-390-0615. Yes, and my phone number is 218-348-7653. 